That's improv, bitch. Improv, bitch. I mean, after all, you're nerds. I'm Jimmy Corain, and this is episode three of Improv Nerd. Our guest is Tara DeFrancisco. Now, Tara is originally from Columbus, Ohio, and Tara teaches and performs at the I.O. Theater and at Comedy Sports here in Chicago. We sat down with her to talk about the death of her father, her love of teaching, and how comedy sports is getting more respect in the improv community. In the seventh grade, yes. Okay, or before the seventh grade, you described yourself as bookish. You were a bookish. I was. A bookish. And then you made this conscious choice uh, to become the class clown. I, I did. Okay. I had that. Now, what event happened that you got up one morning and said, you know what? I don't want to be a smart kid anymore. I want to be the class clown. This is going to be real sad real fast. I love sad. <laughs> you do? Yes. Is that a girl. Don't I love sad, Lauren? Yes. I love sad. Thank you, Lauren. I love it. Yes. Um, it, it, I, it's nothing like specific. There's not like a specific incident. I, I didn't. I loved studying. I loved school. Boy, that sounds great already, right? I'm a nerd, but that's good. Um, and I uh, really, really was super competitive academically with other people in my class. Uh, not in an aggressive way, but I just really enjoyed studying. That sounds kind of silly, I guess, now. But um, I had, a, you know how there's that point in elementary school where people sort of turn, like they, they become self-aware, and all of a sudden there's like a million clicks, but the year before there were none. Uh, it was kind of like that. It was it was around you know elementary school age, maybe fourth grade. Did I'd you, say. Did you think you didn't fit in up until that point? No, I thought I fit in fine. Okay. Which is the hard part. I think that I thought I was fine, uh, and I was. But then everyone became very like popular, clicky, and I was still friends with those people, but they didn't know what to do with me because I was friends with other people. So I kind of got pushed to the outskirts and and didn't really know. I didn't want to not be friends with others. So I stayed friends with them. And so it became kind of this like bridge of, uh, these people aren't as cool, these people are super cool. Well, if you're gonna hang out with them, then not us. And I remember being really like shunned. I felt really shunned. Um, and it was, it was so unfortunate. It didn't seem fair, you know, to kind of feel like, but you like me fine, you know? Like we're, we're friends. And just because I'm trying not to, uh, I don't know, not, not accept a different class of people than you, it became really like, you know, outsider, uh, outsider sort of thing. So I went home one summer after sixth grade, and I was fortunate enough at that point that was a, that was a switch, you know, where you had like sixth grade to seventh grade became like a middle school jump. So it was elementary school to middle school, and you have that summer of opportunity of like, no one might know who I am next year. It was like that kind of you thing. You were reinventing yourself. I was reinventing myself, yeah. Um, and it was fine, everything was fine. But uh, now, did you buy a book like How to Become the Class Clown? <laughs> no, but I did read a lot of joke books. Are you I'm serious? Not yeah, I really okay. Did. <laughs> so you you were doing a lot of stock material. I had a lot of real good, solid hitting material. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was more of like a, a it was more of a selective choice of becoming like uber involved in things that were considered more um, socially friendly. So like I I still was like studying, but it was less out there that I was. Um, and I, I went to a school where three schools met up, so I still had people there that knew me, but there were two other schools that didn't. 
So I came in slugging real hard as like the cock of the walk and like started playing sports and was just real like smug in class. <laughs> but it really, it so really were you like the sarcastic? Life. I guess, but friendly. I mean, okay. I'm, I'm very similar You're, to how I am now. Okay. So whatever this is. Because like I read like there was some quote on your website, which by the way, you're a marvelous promoter. Oh, I thanks. really would like to and it was like sardonic and I'm like, you're not sardonic. I am on stage. You are on stage? Don't, have you guys anyone seen me on stage? That's a thing I am. Okay. That's a thing I am. That's a I thing think I, I think I, I come off as very genuine on stage and often very kind on stage, but I do think I have my moments of looking a little I think when you're sort of cocksure as a woman, it looks sardonic. I'm going to tell you how I developed my sarcasm and see if it, it's similar to yours, okay. all right? <laughs> I grew up in a family yep. where you couldn't express your emotions. And yep. we both grew up in Italian family. Oh, yeah, we're, I'm exactly in the same And, and pe people are like, well, Italians, they're all the, the, the emotions and all that. BS. Ab Never happened. Never happened. That is absolutely so right. So we couldn't... It's BS. It, yeah, it's a myth. It's no myth. one said anything in my yeah. family. Like it's that. true they're in the, in the mob, but they're not... That's they're, right. They're, that's, they're all in the mob. They're, and they're, we were laundering money in the summer and all that. But yeah, no, still honestly... Still I'm doing it right now. <laughs> Great. We, we're doing it back there. It's in a bucket well, Yeah, it's in a yeah. bucket. Um, we couldn't express any sort of emotion. No. Like anger and... So I would, instead of... The, the only way to go around it was to be sarcastic in my family. That is absolutely Was that true for you too? 100% yes. You know, my family, how does this sound? My family was exceptionally loving, but not, not expressive. I always knew that I was loved, but we never said I love you. I, my mom might have. My brothers and I didn't say I love you till my dad died. I, I think that's, I think that's, I'm almost positive about that. I'm curious for them to hear this and see if that's right. Because now we're like, goo, about everything. What, what changed you guys to go goo? I think my dad dying. And tell us about that. You were 14 and I was he had 17. A, 17 and he has a heart attack. He has a heart attack at Christmas. Okay. It was the worst. Right was under the, the tree? No. Putting <laughs> up the tree? That actually sounds a lot more fun. Right. I mean, at least that makes it funny. Right. Um, no, uh, I was at a slumber party of a, uh, one of my best friends in the world. Um, who I'm still great friends with from high school. Mm -hmm. I have a feeling you're like friends. My fantasy is you're friends with all your friends from, from Columbus, am. Ohio. I am friends with all my friends from high school. Okay. Still, we see each other several times a year. Okay. Um, and and college and, and so on. Yeah. So I'm you're at a slumber party. We're at a slumber party. This is actually sort of bizarre. Uh, I have this. I had a real weird fear of death as, from childhood. Mm -hmm. um, and I was at a slumber party at, with my friends, uh, which we did commonly once a week mm -hmm. or whatever. And uh, and I had a real weird feeling around like eleven thirty at night, and I called my house, which is was rare, and no one answered, and I thought, I I, I stood I stood up at the party and was like something is wrong, and everyone was like no way they're asleep chill out you know no big deal, and they were very loving friends and stuff but they were like no you shouldn't worry don't worry you know, and um and I was like no I'm sure I'm sure something is wrong, I'm absolutely sure, and that has never happened to me before. And uh, my sister-in-law at the time called me within like 10 minutes and told me to get to the hospital. Did you get to see him before he went? No, he was already dead, but she didn't tell me on the phone. How have you been able to use that pain in your comedy? <sighs> good Lord. I, I feel like it's, it, hmm, that's a good question. I feel like it's made me, I think I said this to you maybe probably, like when we, we were chatting over email. Yeah, because you, you can't get a hold of you. You're so busy. I, You're incredibly it's busy. It's stupid, I know. Right. No, I, you did I, a good job. Yeah, I did, thank you. You did a good job. <laughs> That's all I needed, reassurance. Okay. Thank you. Um, I think it's made me a more blunt performer. Mm -hmm. 
I, I think it's done that for me in real life too. I mean, I, I know that like, even comedically, if, if something is happening in a scene and a scene is sort of, um, you know, people are sort of swimming inside of it or like they can't find the, the pull of what's making, it, it's, it's listless. I feel like I'm the person that people look to to say a blunt statement inside of it, to direct it. Was that and, your role after your dad died in your family? No, I think it made me more expressive after he died. I think mm -hmm. I became a person that was like, why am I not saying I love you to my family? You know, it just wasn't, and I, I again, to, to state it, it's strange, and maybe you feel the same way, but like, it's not that I didn't know that I was loved. We just didn't really, it was, you know, all hugs and high fives and great times and lots of jokes, lots of jokes. But like, I don't think, I don't remember really saying I love you to my dad. No, we would say a lot of jokes. You know, we would talk about the, do you ever, t like, we would talk about when, Relatives would leave. We would then joke about them. Did oh, you do sure. that? Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah sure. that was the best part of the party. Yeah. But you know, and I was going to say this in the monologue. I I couldn't fit it in. But when I was a kid, my mom would come to me and say, you know, I just want to let you know, your dad can't express it, but he really loves you. I I think that there were some experiences like that. My mom is incredibly tender um, and super loving and really goofy and fun too. But I think she was the one that was very like. She took care of us when we were sick. She was very present um, in a very traditional sense uh, for me and my brothers both. But my dad was like the worker of the family. It was a very like traditional Italian family mm -hmm. in that way, which is kind of funny that I'm like this because I feel like I'm kind of, but whatever that means. But I mean, I feel like I'm sort of not completely gender roly. <laughs> no, I don't think it's a word. That would be overwhelming. Ben, we'll, add, we'll just edit just that out. Just yeah. Thanks, buddy. It'll be fine. Now, I'm not saying okay. positive things yet. <laughs> okay. In 2000, you come from... I come from... Columbus, Cincinnati Ohio. Cincinnati at the time. Cincinnati, Ohio. Yeah, I was, I went, after college, I moved to Cincinnati with my partner at the time, uh -huh. who made me a promise that we'd move to Chicago in a year. An improviser? No. Okay. God, no. Okay. No. <laughs> but you're dating an improviser now. No, I'm not. I'm single Man again. is not an... an you're single, single again. again. Okay, someone's got to update their Everybody. Facebook status. Okay, come okay. on. <laughs> okay. On the market, everybody. <laughs> that will, you'll tweet that right now. I'm going to tweet it real okay. fast. No, we're, we're great friends, but we haven't changed our... That's such a weird thing. When you break up with somebody on Facebook, it's so stupid. Facebook is stupid. <laughs> but like, you, like, oh, you say fine. that, but you, you live... Calm no, down, you, Jimmy. Yes, you are on it all the time. So are you. I, I know. I, I'll admit it. I'm not, not in denial be. about it. Well, I'm not saying it's, I'm not saying I'm not on it. I'm saying it's stupid. Okay. It completely keeps us in a state of being 15 <laughs> for the rest of our lives. And what way? Like, what are you doing? I'm getting a note in class. Facebook. That's what it feels like. You know, and it's hard when you break up with somebody and you're still friends with them because you don't want to like click the status because it feels stupid. It feels like we're cool, but like this feels very final and mean. So, 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 so both of you are very passive and you've left that on. We're, right? Well, I guess that's the way of putting it. Yeah. Um, I think we're both just trying to be nice about it. Okay. I can't wait for me right. to hear this. Right, protect us. Uh, yeah, it'll be, I think we just don't want to be jerks. I don't think you'll hear it because I think he's playing assassin, isn't he? <laughs> isn't he a leader or a captain no, of that? No, he doesn't think so what to, if he was. Yeah. Oh, that'd be, that'd be, be he be wouldn't really be something. here. We'd he know wouldn't that. be here. He'd be at uh, the Annoyance right now, being Maybe. afraid of getting killed <laughs> by some make-believe like gun. Yeah. Yeah. So in 2000, you come here from Ohio. I come here okay. from Ohio, yep. You start, Second City, you start I.O., taking classes. I did, yep, on the very, same day. On the same day. And you had Martin DeMatt. I did. Who was wonderful. Lovely. And you said in something that he was, somebody you I forget what you said. I think I said I, he was the first person I cared about in improv. Okay. 
Um, which which I, means what? Which means I hated everyone else. No, okay. I, no I mean, uh, you know how there's that, that class stage when you go through improvisational classes where you like everybody in your class, but you don't have a, a, an improv friend yet? Mm -hmm. Like your friends, your buddies, but you don't have like a person that you'd sit outside of class and like really talk about real things with yet. And he was my first teacher. So I think that he was the first person that actually asked me what my life was like. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, we're not joking? Let's talk. Um, he was so kind. Yeah. I had him in the morning and Sharna at night. How was that? I mean, that's hilarious. two different worlds. I it's mean, hilarious. It's like going it's, well, it's to just, Europe. They're both kind, but it's a whole different brand of people. I mean, it was such a like, uh, I really liked both of them, but it was kind of like, um, I started IFA. IFA still exists, right? Yeah. IFA, okay, that's so. the second city has a... It's like when you, yeah. Improv for actors. That's right. IFA. So if you come out of a different place and you want to do conservatory but don't need, like, you don't feel that you ha have to go through the A through E to find, like, your voice, you would take IFA and then uh -huh. audition at yeah. that point. So um, he taught IFA, and it was like for three hours of that class, I feel like a solid three hours of class, many times we, like, mirrored for at least half of it. And then I'd go to Sharna at night, she'd be like, get up. Right, they, they don't believe, they're, they're opposite in terms <laughs> totally of like, opposite. Um, Martin was huge, a huge spolin. Yes. So it was a lot of warm it, yeah. up and stuff like that. And Sharna was just like, Singer like you swim. said, you were you, probably the second week you were doing your Herald. We were doing, we were doing at least like long form moves. Right. I remember doing like the rant and like cocktail party on the first day. And being like, oh, I don't know how to do improv. <laughs> My voice was different then. Yeah. It sounded like Catherine Hepburn. Oh. I couldn't do it. Yes. Yeah, it was a lot of that. All right, so you get hired by Second City, and you tour with them for I three years. I toured three years. Okay. Yeah. Then you decide not to do it anymore. Is well, it, it, what happened? What happened? People stopped touring. I mean, it's, it's, uh, I still work there. It's fun. I like Second City a lot. Well, I let me ask you this. Let, let's get to the... Did you, was, because a lot of people make, certainly you. People stay there forever. Well, yeah, that's one thing. That's one thing. Yeah, and they, and they drink a lot. And, uh, but a lot of people say they've toured for three years. Yeah. I'm going to stop because I still want to get a stage, but I still have hope for getting a stage. Was, was that part of your strategy? No. Do you want to hear for yeah, real? Yeah. I, I, uh, this is funny, and everyone that I'm very close to will vouch for this. When I got hired at Second City, I never. I never thought I would get a stage, and I never expected one. I know that that sounds insane, and I'm telling the honest truth. I remember walking in there, and I couldn't believe, they hired me for um, their corporate, like, corporated side first, which is called Second City Communications, or BizCo, uh, and I did that for like two months, and then I got hired for TourCo in an improv, or an invite-only audition. And then I started touring, I did understudying for like a year, and then toured around maybe 2007-ish, to nine, so 2006 to 2009, I was touring for them, and I really never thought that I would get a stage. I just didn't see them thinking that I would be someone they put on the stage. Which is, I don't know, how to, like, say that better, but I feel like I just don't have. Um, I really loved my time, and I remember thinking, making a conscious choice that I am going to love my time here, and that's all, and it's, not like wanting something else. I don't know how to do that. I honestly well, don't know how to do that. I, I don't think that it's not that you don't want it every, I mean, I, I could, occasionally every couple months or so I'd be like, oh, that'd be neat. But it was never like, I enjoy my life otherwise. And I remember thinking that like main stage sounded limiting in the way that I'd have to quit everything else. 
Did BTC uh, sounded okay. The, what was the difference because of the schedule? BTC has like Wednesday through Sunday, so you could probably still see other people. Um, <laughs> no, come on, be honest. Truly, Where do you have time to see other people. I don't. That's what I mean. If I did main stage Tuesday through <clears throat> Sunday, I would never see my family. I'd never. I'd never. I mean, the show is awesome. There's nothing to like complain about. The process of the show is great. Um, touring was a blast. Meeting people in different towns that don't have improv or like have a little improv felt like the closest thing to outreach that we can have, which I loved. I loved being like in a town and like sitting down with a college troupe for like a couple hours and being like, what's your life like? And really talking to them about it over like 25 cent beers. You know, that was really fun. Now, I, I think it's interesting because when I went to go look at your bio, it says improv teacher and performer. And when you talked about, you know, sitting down with college people and telling them how improv is and all that, yeah, there's and, and this is good for me, there's part of me that you really identify yourself as being an improv teacher first and a performer second. I guess I do online, don't I? <laughs> you are a totally, you're a total different person online. You're in a relationship. No, I you know, I, I realize that you're saying that and I I'm realizing Even if it's not that, a conscious That's thing. what I mean. That's right. what I'm saying. Like I think I might do that and not know what I did. But I think it's because wow, well, let's get heady on it, I guess. If I mean I think that when I'm performing I still consider it a lesson. <laughs> Even if it's for me, even if it's to me, or like even if it's if I'm gleaning from my team, or if I'm learning from an audience about what they find funny, I feel like it's all like educational rather than performing at someone. You know, uh -huh. uh, performance is really like, I mean, I, I don't think, gosh, I almost think I would say I'm a performer first, but I teach so much now that I, I feel like maybe it's, it's uh, performance is like the release of all that theory. So when I'm performing, I still feel like I'm sort of spitting theory. I actually, for anyone that had me in um, classes around town, anywhere, I tell them, I tell my students to hold me accountable for what I teach, and that if I don't do it in shows, they should come up and tell, yell at me. When? Uh, at any show. Okay. So if I'm, in a, if I'm in a show, and a couple people can maybe vouch for that in this room, I, I tell my classes that like if I, if I teach them something that day, like, Hey, today's the day. Say the thing that you wanted to say. I'm sick of it. You're just spitting. You're just pitching ideas, and you're seeing you're not talking. If I do that in my show that night, they get to yell at me. Wow. So I, I like to be held accountable for the things that I say. That's really brave. Because what Thanks. happens to me, I just, I just feel, I feel like a fraud when I have students in the audience. I, and, and it's I, the scariest it, point. Yes. Easily. Yes. It's the scariest moment of your life. It doesn't matter, you know, Lauren well, Michaels tonight, can be there and that's fine. But right. if your students all walk in, they're like, we came to see your show for the first time. You're like, oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I better do these improv facts I talked about. But tonight we don't have to worry about it because they're all playing that, that make <laughs> that war or whatever. Yeah, Speaking of improv, let's improvise. Great, okay, let's. Okay, so what, what, is, what, what would you like to do or how do you want to do it? We've never done anything before. No, we haven't. And I'm scared. And I'm, don't be scared. I'm really scared. I'm scared, yes. Because, yes. What are you scared about? I'm scared because like I've never worked with you before. What if I'm horrible? What if I intentionally do bad? <laughs> <laughs> um, I thought that'd be nice. It sounded way worse. 
That's not a way word. No, so I've never worked yeah, with you. So what happens is with people that I have a lot of respect for, and I have a lot of respect for you, That's I will be tentative on stage because I want to make sure that I'm doing it right. Well, that's really nice. But what yeah. if I feel the same about you? Do you? I do. Okay. And you know, I've noticed that on teams where I, on teams of teachers that I play with, like for instance, like with Chaos Theory, my team at I.O., which are all like peers and mentors and like all the Shakespeare guys, all those guys, we noticed the first couple months of our show that we were having a hard time playing together because everyone trusted each other too much. So it was like, you're really good, so you go. So everyone's just staring at each other for like a month. Mm-hmm. And then it went away. When I was on Carl and the Passion playing with TJ Jagodowski, yeah. I would just get out there and I would be like, I didn't know what to do. That's, you know, because yeah. I'm like, I'm working with, you know, Mick, you know Michelangelo or something like that. You know, I mean, because he, he he's amazing. Yeah, he's great. But, but you're like, I don't want to screw up the sculpture. You know, I don't want to be the guy that, that knocks off the head or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> he, I mean, yeah. that, you know what I'm saying? Yes, of course. So you know exactly what I'm. I what do. I'm talking about. I don't think you're gonna knock off my head. Okay. Let's so let's. Why don't we go into it thinking that this isn't? Here's something I say to students. Let's okay. be accountable for this. Okay. So. Uh, we don't have to solve an improv show because if we solve it, we never have to do it again. So we can do a broken piece. I don't piece. understand that at all. I mean, like, we don't have to do a perfect show because we did a perfect show. It'd never be, we'd never have to do improv. Okay. It'd be solved and done. So let's have a flawed, fun show. Okay, great. And then we'll, we'll move the chair. Are we getting a chair. suggestion or no? Oh, yeah. We'll get a, you we'll get a suggestion. Yes. Meatloaf. Meatloaf. Yeah. Better be delicious. <laughs> it's been in for over an hour. Oh, sounds like it's gonna be bad. A meatloaf for an hour sounds like a brick. That's what the that's what the recipe book said right here. It's an hour. You know, you know I don't read. I don't want to see what you did. I just want to taste what you did. It's coming. Mm-hmm. Okay. Your mother called. Great. Great. She's coming all the way to Florida to come and see you. That is a delight. I told her you were pregnant. (laughs) (laughs) No, I barely knew that, so it's it's hard for me to adjust. It's still shocking to hear. You would have gone to school like she told you. Okay, okay, rub it in. That's fun. You find that you find that colored boy, and next thing you know, you're having sex. <laughs> Once you go colored, you never go back. <laughs> I know you're mocking me. No. I don't know why you're looking at that. You can't even read. I can read. I choose not to read. Not a choice. It's like being gay. <laughs> Carol, I don't think you should uh, be my house mom anymore. I really don't think you should. You, you, you and I just don't see eye to eye. And I know I'm going to need help when the baby comes, but I don't think it has to be you. You on drugs or something? <laughs> that reefer? I mean, I like it. I like reefer. (laughs) But I'm not on it currently, no. (laughs) 
we're just not the same. You know, you and me. I know it was different when you grew up. A lot different. I know. You tell me all the time. The thing about that was better was there was no broken home. Maybe your home was broken, but nobody left. Why do you always want to get a, an ire out of me? Just to get me angry. How I act. Right? If I don't say something like that to you, you don't even date at all. You just yell at me and say mean things. That's how I raised my daughters, and they turned out pretty good. Mm. I'm not going to raise my kid that way. I'll let them do whatever they want. Just like you? <laughs> yeah. I'm going to let them do whatever they want. I want them to be the kind of kid that feels free and ride the bus around the city and use a bus pass and not call me if they're drunk. It doesn't sound like a mother to me. It's definitely a mother. No, it's, it's not. not. Kind of, it's Carol. A mother's there. It's not working. It sets, it sets rules for the child. You wouldn't have gotten pregnant if your mother, if you wouldn't have run away from Florida and come up here. I would have gotten pregnant. Because it's fun to do. <laughs> <laughs> so there's that. They said, you can stay in line here. I don't want to lose my seat. I don't either. <laughs> you know, 20 minutes is a long time to just yeah. like stand and not talk. Yeah. You know. I bought my iPod, but when I got on the bus, it wasn't charged, so I don't have it. I mean, I have it, but I, I got it right here, but it's dead. That's the battery. Yeah. The red battery is dead. <laughs> yeah. Whoops. <laughs> so I guess we'll have to resort to like conversation. Yeah. <laughs> no one even knows how to talk anymore. No, they don't because they're texting all. Right. This movie's gonna be neat. Yeah. I like horror movies. Me too. I yeah. like feeling scared. Yeah. It makes me feel alive. Me too. I feel like I'm going to have a heart attack. That's 
not usually like a really positive thing. No, but I, can, I, I can make it into a yeah, positive Yeah, it can be really positive. Yeah. Because yeah. sometimes then when I feel like I'm having a heart attack, mm -hmm. people want to give me CPR. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. You know what I'm saying? Okay, Casanova. Okay, Casanova. Okay. okay, okay. Right. okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I love. Well, those. Really? Yeah, for you. I'm just going to take one. Take one. Because I'm juicing. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why you even had to juice. You're beautiful the way you are. Shut up. That's, that's so forward. <laughs> <laughs> I was reading some dating books, so I'm getting a little more forward. <laughs> wow. Uh-huh. You got chocolate right here. I left yeah. it. I'll leave it. Yeah. I'm going to leave it. <laughs> if I leave it, it's just gonna like invite whatever is next. Cause you know what? <laughs> Chocolate's an aphrodisiac. Yeah. Well then, I guess whoever licks my face is gonna want to lick it more. <laughs> <laughs> is, that's a hint. It's not very subtle. <laughs> You're turning me on. Why don't you just swallow it? <laughs> Can you taste the karma in the back of your throat? <coughs> Are you alright? You, uh, you need some help? Uh, I'm just doing it so I can get closer. Packed up. Feels good. Feels great. It feels real nice. Nice. Yeah. 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 <sighs> I, uh, 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 screen door, I, uh, sealed that off. So, uh, yeah, got that done. Good, 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 good. Good, good, right. Yeah. 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 It's gonna be weird leaving here. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah, we've been here for a long 14 years. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's gonna be weird with you gone. Yeah. It's gonna be a real shame. Yeah. I'm gonna miss you too. Now, uh, well, everybody says that, but do they mean it? No. Or, no, they no, don't mean no it. No way. <laughs> they say that because no uh, they feel like they need to say something before people leave it. Yeah. 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 Don't get this. Ah. Sorry. Yes, all right. I'm sorry. I'm just trying to avoid sad. Don't even look at yeah, me. Yeah, I looked at you and I felt sad. It feels weird. Yeah, to look it at does. Anybody. Yeah, in the same way. Weird. Same way. It seems bad. It's, Everything's bad. It's bad. bad. I don't know how to talk no. about this stuff. Yeah. But we gotta talk about. We gotta talk. Can we stay friends? Can we stay in touch? Yeah. On the things, on all the things, the social media things. Yeah, Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> I would like that a lot. I would too. I don't need to, don't, you know, don't turn around, because if you turn I'm around, I'm going to clam yeah. up real bad. Yeah, me too. Okay. I care about you, I, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, when you take care of yourself out there in the world, just yeah. make sure you're taking care of yourself. Yeah. <laughs> I want to give you something. That means a lot to me. I don't need anything. If I, I want need, to. I don't want your I totem. If I look at a totem of you, I'm going to freak out. <laughs> the least I can do. I... I left it in the house. I gotta find it. Yeah. It's like a scavenger. Well, it's like a scavenger hunt. 
That sounds fun. Yeah. Better, better be something I can sell. Of course it is. Of course it is. I'm just kidding around. I want. I, I want put to a price it. tag on it, so when you go to the pawn shop, that you know how much it is. I'll make it easy for you. Come just on. Just don't look at me, please. I'm looking at you, the back of your head, but you can't see me. No, but I, I, I don't want to feel sad. I don't want to cry. I'm already like halfway there. I know. If we don't, we can't talk about. I don't. Don't look at me though. I'm gonna find that thing and I'm gonna keep it in my goddamn pocket for That's... the rest of my goddamn life. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't want you to talk to me. I don't I, you know, I don't even want to stay friends. I just, can't, I... can't things end? Don't you ever want to have a friendship that just ends so you look back on it whistle like, what a friendship. Yeah. <laughs> everything just drags out now. Everyone just talks about yeah. everything to death and then it's and then, like, I don't even like that guy that much anymore. And then a yeah, in a couple weeks you gotta say, hey, I wanna get closure. Well, we can do it right now, yeah, right here. Yeah, let's just do it now. Right here, yeah. Yeah, you've been a terrific friend. You've been a good guy. Okay, closure. You really helped me through my divorce. Yeah. I like that. My first kid, if it wasn't for you, I, I wouldn't have had a first kid. Thank you for adopting that kid I brought home. It's fine. It's fine. It's the least I could do. It's just nice. I don't, I don't want to think about you any other way. You know, people change. And if we're like 75 or something, you know, it's just going to be weird because we'll both be real messed up then. And I just want to remember you like this, you know, with your back turned to me. <laughs> and I, I want to remember you... Looking at the house. Uh, yeah, I want to look at that house. Because every time I pass, come back next summer and I look at the house, I'll think of you. Oh, I know. Edit, 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 edit. Welcome. Claudia. Thanks for inviting me into your parlor. It is my pleasure. Yes. Nothing here has been touched for a number of years. I see so that. please be delicate when you're inside the space. I will. Rick. Yes. I have 17 parakeets in this space. <laughs> 16 of them are out for blood. <laughs> that is good to know. <laughs> the one thing I can say about you is you're at least honest in inviting me here today. I often have people come in the space, even though it's sacred, every few years or so. And then I let them figure out if they can survive the space. If they survive the space, then we remain in contact. <laughs> I appreciate a challenge. That is why I came here. Rick, I am alone. Even if we stay in contact, we cannot be friends. I understand that. You made that clear. But like I said, I like a challenge. Duly noted. <laughs> Sixteen of these parakeets, like I said, may attack you violently. In the face, limbs, and otherwise. One of them 
is pretty cool. <laughs> if you're trying to get me to back down, it is no use. I see him on the perch there. Fifteen. Two are hiding. Two are hiding. Oh, you enjoy that, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> There's one behind your precious sculpture. And there is another one under that bare skin rug. Two. That's two. Yes. So you found all 17. Yes. Now, which one of them do you think is the cool one? <laughs> I'm going to say the one in the basket rug. Challenge him. <laughs> if you're right, you won't be attacked. <laughs> if you're wrong, then we'll say. <laughs> day at the beach. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. I thought I'd wear as little as possible. Well, I can see that. <laughs> Wait, over here. Okay. <laughs> I'm a mermaid. I'm a mermaid. <laughs> I'm a big tidal wave. Wow. <laughs> I'm drowning. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm I'm a lifeguard. I'm saving you. I'm saving the moment. Oh, okay. It's fun. That was fun. Okay. <laughs> oh, thank you. You are. I thought you were putting Purell on me at first. <laughs> <laughs> My one side burns. Exception. So just the one side. Okay. You're the nicest boyfriend I've ever had. Well, you're the nicest girlfriend I ever had. Come on! Yeah, 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 yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. I just said it. Yeah. I just said it, and now you're saying it, so it's not even like saying it. <laughs> well, it's true. Really? Yeah. I care about you a lot. I care about you a lot, too. <laughs> it says right here in my locket. I care about Karen. <laughs> You wear a locket. Yeah. <laughs> You're the most unique guy I've ever dated. I made the locket myself. Come on. Yes. You're After our well. second date. Shut up. Yes, I'm like Karen. Yeah. Total stalker. Okay, I want to get all your. Um, yeah, please get like the webbing of my hand yeah. is super burnt. <laughs> <laughs> I just really love that you like think about me when we're not together. Oh, I think about you all the time. Really? Yeah. Like it worked. They give me a lot of shit because I had like your face is my screensaver. And I'm like, who's that? And I said, she's my fairy princess. 
He's so cute. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm okay. sorry I punched you in the face. That's okay. <laughs> Better than my last girlfriend. No. She punched me in the face all the time. <laughs> she who shall not be named. No. She was the worst. Yeah. Sybil. <laughs> With a name like that, why even fight it? Yep. You know, you're going to be crazy. Yes, exactly. And you know what was the last straw for me? Mm. The house arrest. Yeah. She couldn't go out anymore. Yeah. Yeah. That's really hard. You've been through some really hard things. I know. <laughs> and you know what? I got a moment. I don't even know what that means, but I love it. It doesn't matter. Because love, it doesn't matter. Love doesn't matter. Does no. Love matters. Love matters, but, but the like words that don't. Matter. No. It's the tone. The tone. When I do that, I just want to buy you the biggest chocolate sundae in the world and just throw you in it. <laughs> That's how much I really love you. That's death by chocolate. <laughs> I love you. I love you too. You haven't really said that yet. No. Do you get okay with yourself? I don't know. I'm feeling kind of... I feel hot, but not because of the sun no. on the one side. I feel like... <laughs> I know it has a minute long. I know it's it's weird. I shouldn't have, I shouldn't have said that. I know it's like. It's just that when you meet someone and they get it, you just feel like you should tell them. Yeah. I know it's sin. Yeah. And there's like a structure, like a formula. Yeah, there's a thing we're supposed to follow, like rules. Yeah. 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 Like after the sixth date, that would have been cool, but the fourth right. date. After the like... third date, you bone. After the sixth date, you think S about caring. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but you know what, Karen? I don't care about rules. Okay, screw them. Really? Yeah. My I one hand is really lotiony. I know. <laughs> That's the hand I want. Okay. I love you too. And it, and it, and it, and it, and it, Emily, how long have we gone for? Okay, great. We did it! Yay! Oh, it was fun. That was so much fun. That was really fun. That was great. You guys, did you have fun? Yes. Now, why do you have to ask them if they have fun? Oh, I, it's not about, it's not being a slave to the audience. I just okay, really, because I am. I'm curious. I, I like to, I'm curious about how people like things. Okay, well, you, you want to ask, I'd love to get some questions from the audience oh, to ask right. about what we did or any questions about what we just did. So, yeah. um, uh, so the first one was, did, did they have fun? And apparently they did. They did. Right. That's um, good. Uh, <laughs> That's good. Uh, yes, Jerry. Yeah, what did you learn? What did I learn from the audience? From, yeah, from the last Or like from each other? Yeah. I, I really learned, it's really fun to play with you because uh -huh. I feel like you're really emotionally invested. Oh, thank you. Which I love. Because I'm in life, I'm just totally emotionally shut down. <laughs> <laughs> well, this used to be a playground. I, I feel like the stage is where we get all that stuff out. You know what? Okay, so that's, that's what That's you, part of what I learned. Okay, okay. Because I feel like it's funny speaking to that, um, which is a great, a great question. Mm -hmm. um, I always feel that audiences respond more to emotional, uh, emotional things than comedians think they will. 
Do you know what I mean? So like it's, I think it's more about like what we are able to do up here that we're not so good at out there. Mm-hmm. You know, like we're not so good at in the proverbial world. It's like, what can we say up here that matters so that we can think about doing it in other places mm-hmm. in our life, you know? Um, I don't know. It's, it was really interesting to hear that like comedic reaction does result from real things. Right. I like that. What it's I, scary at first. I think it gets less scary the yeah. more you do it. What yeah. I liked was, um, I, 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 you, I said this to Susan Massey, and, and I feel a responsibility, like I've, you know, like uh, in a scene, because I'm totally codependent and screwed up. But, um, <laughs> but I knew that you, I felt comfortable, like, oh, she, she can carry this scene. So, nice. you know, so I felt like I, I could go anywhere. And then I did a lot of just mirroring, because you have a great energy, just mirroring the energy and then letting the emotional stuff come from there. Like this last thing, when we, we took this, this moment, it was really nice. I'm like, okay, we could go for laughs, but let's let's just agree and say I love you. Yeah. It's gonna be sweet and you know, then we can go edit, 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 edit. And then we need to yell that. Were you thinking in the back of your head during it? I was the edit, 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 edit that that was rolling in my head. No, but when it was when I knew it was coming, it was really fun to think about. Does that make like I really yeah. enjoyed doing yeah. it? Yeah. Well, the other thing it's too, like a thing you'd never do in real life, which is why I liked it. You'd never be like, look at my weird transitional edit. But I also, I also thought that the weird transitional edit, um, like clean clean the slate it did. And, and made it helped me get more physical and be more silly in it. Yeah, because you liked were getting it. silly. Yeah, yeah, it's fun. You know, it's hard to like. I think it also gives permission to yourself to sort of laugh at the parts that are like that part was the was part of the funny part right so that when we got to a scene i wanted to engage in a different way yeah so it was like our you know it was yeah. the gaminess of our show because because i know for me like as an improviser i take it so seriously it's this is this is this is improvisation me too but yeah. you know I, it's it's funny because i think for a long time i think people really associated me and still do uh, everywhere wherever you met me is where you associate me with that building uh-huh. it's funny that we like we tend to like see people through the lens of blank. So like people often associate me with comedy sports or they associate me with Second City or they associate me with IO, but never all three, mm-hmm. you know? So it's funny to like, when people have met me through comedy sports are like, oh, you probably play real fast and like with a lot of gimmick. And it's right. like, well, that's a horrible thing to say. Um, but it's, it's, it's more about like that I, I feel like I play with purpose and that I know I like to play quicker because I feel like the more you can say something that matters, the more you can say more things that matter, mm-hmm. which I think is the long form scare. Right. Like if I say something that matters now, then we won't have anything left. And it's like, what a horrible way to view improv. Well, you know, you bring up comedy sports and I love those guys. I think they're the best the, place the, on earth. Be, best place on earth. Really the, the, just, you know, and, uh, but comedy sports, you know, has had this reputation of being the stepchild of the improv community. It has, especially in like the late 90s, I yeah. think. Yeah, and for, for, long, for long form snobs, mm-hmm. what is the benefit of understanding their style of play? I think that their style of play has really awesomely transformed, not in the way that they don't, they don't uh, play like the show intends them to perform, but that they, uh, that we, I guess I can speak for all of us, uh, that we play with purpose and intention and I don't want to call it like quick play, but it's like there is a speed to making a decision that allows you to do more. 
So I think that long formers that take comedy sports or like go, everyone shares casts now. Right. Which is why it's so cool. And which that's why never that happened when never I started. Happened. It was no. like, you, it was like games. It was like, it you was were in games. this. Yeah. It was improv games. And yeah. that's happening everywhere in the world now. Right. Which is why that, you know, that, that podcast that you mentioned is, is the reason that that all started, that people are really like, uh, they used to have like camps of people that were like, well, IO doesn't think that comedy sports is doing the art. Comedy sports doesn't think that IO knows how to treat an audience. You know, it's like, it's a very like strange, um, campy thing, but now when they started sharing casts all the time, they started realizing that it was like a Reese's cup. It was like, well, you got chocolate in my peanut butter and I got peanut butter in your chocolate and this is going really well. And you I know, think, like long form affecting our, our short form show right. and, and vice versa. And I think it also exploded the community. It did. Because we were you all- you can't hate somebody. No, no. And it's like when you, the, the cross pollination, you know, like when I started out, people didn't take- No, they didn't do that. They, we would say, we'd go to IO and then we'd move on to somewhere else. Now people are taking it three and four different places. Agreed. And there's benefits and negatives to that in terms sure. of teaching. That's but true. I mean, in terms of the community, our community is getting stronger and bigger oh, because yeah. of it. You know? It's so cool. It, it's really the coolest thing because I think that there's, even when I moved here mm -hmm. and I auditioned for comedy sports sort of on a whim um, and I had taken classes at you know Second City and IO and was I think about to finish those programs. Um, I auditioned for comedy sports on a whim and I remember getting it and a couple of people been like, why'd you audition for that? Even then. Yeah. And then once I was in it, I remember one time we showed up to an IO holiday party, <laughs> and uh, like all together, because it was right. a Tuesday night, so we all like came It's like the Warriors, like you're coming it in was. with the black. But we all performed there too, right. so it was weird. We all walked in together, and I remember somebody saying inside the, uh, I wonder if other people remember this too, that'll hear this. Uh, they are like, oh, look at this. Here comes Comedy Sports, the theater that likes each other. <laughs> and we were like, that's the slam? Right. <laughs> and it was awesome because we like laughed at it and we totally went after those people and they were like, I guess we're just jealous that like you guys are really nice to each other and there's not really an element for how competition-y it is. There's no competition in the cast. Mm -hmm. So it feels like everyone's just really ensemble-y once you're in it. Which is so ironic because on stage, it's a competition. It's all, a co yeah, it's all competition. But it's just it's just a fake competition. Oh, it is? <laughs> I didn't know that. I mean, it's, it's, it's red versus blue, but the, the winner is the show. Okay, so, so you're no not electing. Like, I won, I lost on the blue team. No okay. one's like really doing okay, that. So it's, I've used that voice at least six times. <laughs> I just realized. Is that a character? No, I've never done that in my okay. life. Okay. Look at me. <laughs> <laughs> like a I'm a Broadway. Ah, Maybe because you're in the cabaret. I don't know what's happening. But um, yeah, it's, 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 I think that once we started, once I toured for Second City, did uh, comedy sports and helped the artistic team there and was a teacher at I.O., no one knew what to do with me. Right. Because they were like, well, which one do you like best? And I was like, all of them. You're all not supposed them. to like, you're supposed to have an opinion. You're supposed, you know, yeah, that's what they Yeah, I feel like I was expect. a real mascot right. for improv rather than like a, a theater. A real improv mascot. Emily, <laughs> how are we doing on time? You know, we're, we're doing good. If you want to do one more question and then wrap it up. Great. Um, I, I'm going to, uh, uh, this is great. Does anyone uh, have, yes. Oh. Uh, so we just saw a range of character from you, Tara, from sort of you know, giddy girlfriend to you know much more sort of uh, uh, pants in the family kind of character. <laughs> yeah. uh, what do you gravitate toward usually, uh, or is there any type of character or characters that you find yourself attracted Playing? to? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, I never, I never really thought that. Um, 
you know how like I think every improviser doesn't want to believe they play the same people all the time. I hope that I don't. At least I hope that if I do, that at least they're affected by their. Because I think we often come out with we can only do so many vocal like differences or differentials, but or we can only do so many like physical things, or we can only you know do that sort of choice with our own body or whatever in different ways. But I think the the key for me is how I'm affected in the scene by the other person that participates. So I might start a lot with like. Um, and that's that's interesting that, that happened because I feel like I did play, like that guy that was like don't look at me that guy that we had that, yeah. that friendship with I I feel like that's sort of the thing that I get like you play like a dude I get that all the time I get that constantly you play like a guy um, which meaning is the, the guy character or a, a, a guy meaning player a guy that I think they think I'm cocky I think people think I'm cocky on stage and it's funny to me because I think why is a successful improv show male which makes me furious. Okay. Um, and it, I also understand where it comes from, but I think often people are like, oh, you're one of those girls that can play guys well. And it's like, yeah, I hope, I hope so. We're acting, right? I hope I can play everybody well. I hope. You know, but it, it's sort of, it's, it's funny that that sort of seems to be a thing that, um, I also play in a couple teams of almost all guys. So it's funny that maybe I, I don't necessarily throw myself into like female, uh, a traditional female, because I think I am trying to uh, mirror, you know, rather than. Do you ever play like a real hot, sexy? Uh, yeah, but it's, yes. But it's, but it's but often what? like sort of like, um, uh, not truly a flawed, hot, sexy. Okay. Either like a girl that's like a Linkin Park, like idiot. You know, like, like a, a hot, sexy to the naked eye, okay. but then who's just like, I don't know how to act in the world, like that kind of girl, um, or um, like sort of like a, a Mae West, <laughs> you know, like if it, if it, like that kind of like, I don't even know, again, I don't know the voices one that I play, but I mean, like, it's kind of fun though. Um, ooh, ooh. Um, Emily liked it. Yeah, thanks, Emily. Right. Let's get out of here. Thanks, buddy. Um, but I mean, I feel like that's like often when I make that choice, it's like a it's sort of a parody of what a woman like that is like. So maybe it's an insecurity. I have no idea. Mm -hmm. <laughs> is <What>? this helpful? <laughs> I don't know. I, I mean, I think everyone has. I think someone said, I, I feel like it might have been TJ when I took classes, but I feel like everyone gravitates toward a catalog of like two to ten characters. But our, our decision is to let those characters morph into whatever is needed from them. You know? Because it's hard to walk on stage and know exactly what you should be playing. Um, but I think it's just about having affectation from whatever's coming right. back. And I know when we were doing that scene, it's like you, you're discovering the character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. So you so start with something, but you're going, okay, and I'm getting it off you. You know, like I'll mirror something off you to, to you know, yeah. to react. So you're, you're kind of building it as you go along. Yeah. You know, uh, Kevin had a question. What's your thought process at the top of the scene? Ooh, thought process. <laughs> What if I didn't have one? What if I was like, I don't know. Um, thought process. You know, I, I believe in um, I believe in walking on stage, and this is the first thing I see go in classes, to make eye contact as much as possible inside a scene. Because I feel like what happens inside shows the most is um, either selection of character rather than point of view. Uh, point of view will always save you, and character selection won't. You know, so like, if I come in like trying to, if, if I have a plot idea, or if I have a character that I need to play, I feel like that character may not work well if you put me on the moon. 
but my point of view as a grizzled blank, you know, a grizzled angry at the world person can be plunked anywhere. Mm -hmm. So often it's sort of like a point of view choice. Um, and if it's not that, if I am sort of blank slating it, it's really just like looking at someone and trying to figure out what they need from me. Um, I'm looking at you even to do it right now. I, I was like, interested in that. But I, I, think, I think that what happens to a lot of us is when we feel fear on stage, we don't look at each other. We look at the ground or we look up to like access something um, in our brain a little bit instead of just looking in our partner's eyes for like clues. You know, we, we talked about this actually at Comedy Sports and I.O. last week. Um, I can't believe two of them, they, they agree on something. I know, oh. they agree on a lot, it's okay. weird. Uh, they're sort of friends now, it's weird too. Um, it, they, that when a scene starts in both theaters, your instinct is to walk to opposite sides of the stage. And I think that happens everywhere in town. That like once it's like, your suggestion is blank. Great, thank you. Everyone zooms out because my idea is over here and yours is over here. You guys and did that tonight. We did do it tonight, but we were doing the edit dance. <laughs> right. We try. I think we kind of tried to look at each other a little bit, but I think it's an improviser habit because like I'm trying to help you by like grabbing something over here. You know, it, it's real weird. It's real like Stanislavski. It's I, real, th I think it's strange. It's, you know, like when I teach, I can look sometimes and see like because I suffer from it too, fear of intimacy. Yeah. And I think improvisers are not intimate people. I mean, we may, I may present on the stage that I'm honest and open, but I struggle with intimacy. And I think there's something there. Like when I, I can watch a class now and go, oh, that person's hanging back or that person doesn't want to do a certain kind of scene. Yeah. It's usually because they're, they're, there's a deeper issue oh, for sure. of, of intimacy. Comedians are deeply flawed. Oh, yeah. And I mean, I don't think there's any, and it's a beautiful way of being flawed. Yeah. I think that there's, you know, think about how effective, think about, I, I told one of the classes this week, go home and your homework is not to watch a Herald show, is to go home and figure out why you're funny. And, and they were like, what do you mean? And what, you know, but I was like, no, go home and think about what happened to you in your life and tell me the moment that you felt that you needed to tell someone what to laugh at rather than allowing them to laugh at whatever you wanted or whatever they wanted to laugh at. So like, you know, because comedians decide like, if I'm funny this way, you're gonna, I get to decide how you laugh at me. But if I am vulnerable and I'm not funny, then you get to decide what you laugh at. Did you, uh, you know, you talked about, in one of the interviews, when you were a kid, you had this, uh, uh
talking. And I, I really found her so much fun, not only to, to interview, but to improvise with. I had never improvised with her before, and it was just, it was really a, a blast. She brought such uh, different energy to, to each of those scenes. Um, if you want to know more about Tara, go to terradefrancisco.com. Uh, we've got to go. This has been uh, episode three. I can't believe it. We're, we've already done three episodes and we still haven't won any awards. Uh, I want to thank my producer, Ben Caprero, and I want to thank all the good people here at Stage 773 Chicago. Uh, for Improv Nerd, I'm Jimmy Corain. And uh, don't forget to check out next our next episode, Michael Patrick Thornton. And uh, Michael Patrick Thornton is not only a gifted improviser, but he is also, you probably know him as that jerky Dr. Fife on ABC's uh, Private Practice. Improv. say uh seinfeld was on an island and he was blowing boris karloff what would it what would that be like <laughs> it might go something like this oh mr karloff i loved you and frankenstein and i love giving you a blow jump why mr seinfeld i'd love having you fuck